Well, welcome to another week of the Deep Dive, joined today by Pastors Chris Bance from our St. Charles campus and JJ Bond from our Mid-Rivers campus. My name is Brad. Uh, excited to dive into God's Word together, look at the topic um, from this past weekend as we are continuing our series called It Runs in the Family. We are looking at uh, what it means to be the church, right? The spiritual family of God, what should we be known for? Often the church is known for what it's not or what it's against. And so just want to look at, hey, what should our family, our spiritual family be known for? And so this week we are looking at the idea of uh, this command to honor one another. And so uh, we're just going to, yeah, dive into that conversation. I want to ask you guys just as a series as a whole, like what's sticking out to you? What uh, what are you liking? What are you loving? And uh, how is this impacting you so far? Yeah, um, maybe ask me in a month since we just started. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's still pretty new. But um, I do think it's going to be key for us to reestablish this as we are now kind of post-pivot, but still in the pivot of mm-hmm. kind of, you know, life as a church. And I, I think over the last year and a half, two years, there's going to be a lot of scars and there's also still a lot of wounds that haven't scarred over yet. Mm. And so to learn what it means to be a family again, I think we have to relearn some of these things and to um, come together as the bride of Christ in a way that's yeah, honoring to each other, um, but also honors, you know, the God who we worship and, you know, Christ who is going to inherit the church someday. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I, I think, you know, the last year and a half, right? Mm. Uh, has uh, it's been a it's been a thing, um, but mm-hmm. it's exposed maybe a lot of things that were just already there. Yeah, and so this this series probably would have been relevant a month, you know, five years ago, ten years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it, because of the last year, year and a half, it it has uh, there's a freshness to it in terms of like a felt need for 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 where we need to go as a church yeah. for us to continue to be relevant for the mission to continue to actually happen um so that's good jay what about about you man yeah i think to your point it is an interesting season that we're in right now coming out of everything that's happened like the last year and a half um the political tensions uh there's just a lot that's happened there's a lot that's unfolded and i think there's been a lot that's been revealed Mm -hmm. um especially political tensions that's just, <laughs> dude, what are you say. talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Falling yeah. into that trap. Yeah. Um, but no, um, I think it's revealed a lot about the church, like yeah. good and bad. Yeah. And I think coming out of the Neighbor series, I think this is a great opportunity to take um, take a look within. And, you know, how do we love one another well? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we love uh, our neighbor well? And how do we honor... Um, humanity well mm-hmm. as yeah. image bearers. So yeah, I think this will be really good. That's Looking great. To well, let's dive in. Uh, just that, you know, the, the theme, right, the topic this week in honor one another. Um, that's kind of a foreign concept in, in, a, in a way, in the sense mm-hmm. that, you know, you look at social media, right, and there's not a whole lot of honoring one another happening in the comments and in the threads. And uh and I do wonder, like, what, why, why is that? Like, do we have a, a paradigm? Do we have a framework for what that even means? Um, what is it about our culture where, you know, we're not necessarily a, an honor and shame culture, um, and yet shame language, right, comes in to play all the time. At least it's it's felt like anyone who goes to counseling, right, mm-hmm. you're talking about shame. You're talking a lot about shame um, and working through 
through that. And so, yeah, what, I don't know, either one of you guys, like what, how do we just understand that, right? Like how do we, how are we defining honor? How are we defining shame? How are we thinking about that? Um, and then how, what does that have to do with us and our relationship with one another? Hmm. Well, I think we're in a really unique moment right now because traditionally kind of the shame honor system mm-hmm. has been um, kind of, you know, patented by Eastern cultures, so to yeah. speak. So in the West, like it really hasn't been a part of the fabric of Western thinking of shame and honor based thinking. Culture, Western culture. Yes. Like, let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah, so like geographically, the Eastern part of the world, but also like philosophically and uh, spiritually, mm-hmm. the the East as well. Whereas like our tradition coming from the West, more of a you know European philosophy, in a, in a lot of ways, really we just inherited everything the Greeks mm-hmm. passed passed yeah, down yeah, to us. Yeah. Um, the shame and honor wasn't. Uh, a primary structure of that. Like, we have a very strong sense of individualism and, mm. in, like, pursuing our own destiny. And, like, we see this play out in, like, you know, capitalism and all these other yeah. things. Like, it's a part of our DNA. But now we're in the moment where um, we don't have the structures that the East does for shame and honor, right? Like, we don't necessarily see ourselves, like, totally ingrained and tied into the family and past generations. And a lot of the shame and honor that comes in the East is, okay, have you lived up to your family name? Have you mm-hmm. shamed your family name? Like, what have you done within the family unit? Mm-hmm. But for us, we're, in, we're so individualistic. Well, we, we don't work of, in that yeah, way. Yeah, concept of identity, right, yeah. is rooted in, you know, Eastern, right? Like, it's in the group. It's in the, yes. who am I part of? Identity for us, Western, is yeah. is me as the individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in a, you know, we're almost in a moment now where we've almost stolen the shame aspects, but we've like left the honor at at home. Yeah. It's like we don't have the structure or the paradigm to honor each other or even to experience honor in a longstanding tradition of the family unit. Yeah. It's like, no, we've just stolen the shame. And, you know, in the East, if you are caught in shame, it, it may shame your family. Well, in the West, where does that shame fall? On the, individual, on the individual and we're being crushed by it yeah 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 that's really helpful chris i think um you know because like i said we hear we hear talk about shame a lot we feel shame yeah. um but for me at least like this constant you know i read yeah i've grown up in church right so one of the first you know the ten commandments you know one of the ten commandments is honor your father and your mother and like even now as an adult okay what does it mean for me to honor my my parents i don't even necessarily have a have a definition for that word um, yeah. which then makes it really hard, I think, to do that as a, as a church. Jay, just hearing that, like, where does, where does that take, you know, take your mind? Yeah, I think it's interesting because I do think we are so, we're quickly bent towards, like, shame. You look on social media, um, and even during this past season that we referenced earlier, I mean, people are so quick to jump on and take shots and honor, to your point, Chris, is it's almost foreign mm-hmm. in our American culture right now. Um, and what does it look, what does it look like to do that? Well, what does it look like for the church to enter into this mm-hmm. uh, culture and where culture is at right now and be able to, mm-hmm. you know, show honor, be an example of honor, reflect honor well? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, right? Like, we, we need to be good uh, exegetes, right, of our culture. Um, yeah. We also need to understand, right, the Bible was written 
to a to an honor shame culture yeah. right it was written to a to to with eastern philosophy eastern mindset in the midst of a of a mm-hmm. greek um kind of what so there's like this conflict of even philosophies within uh what's going on in the ancient near east there but for us to even properly i think understand god's word we have to understand what that dynamic looks like yeah yeah absolutely and and i do think as we've you know, are mixing in the petri dish the 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 shame with the individualism. I think it's tough because if honor underpins a lot of what we see in the East, we would probably say liberty underpins a lot of what we see mm-hmm. in the West as a massive value. Yeah. But what happens when you use that liberty and commit a shameful act? Yeah. Where do you go? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things. So my years as a uh, youth pastor, Jay, I know you probably at the same time, you, you college pastor, right? We all did this, right? Like, you know, the student who graduates high school, mm-hmm. who's grown up in the church yeah. and who goes away to college, like first weekend, they find themselves at a party. Like, what do they do with that? Yeah. Right. Like, and I, I, that's just one example, but yeah, I don't think we necessarily always have a great, uh, system or a great, you know, place, uh, for that shame to be worked through and processed and, um, talked about. So, um, honor, like, how are we just rudimentary level? Like, how are we defining what it means to honor someone else? I think for me, the first things that come to mind are um, a certain level of respect, dignity, um, even reverence. Mm. Um, and I think that holds true not not just for my relationship with God, but for my relationship with, with others. Um, and I think part of it is uh, how we view God, but part of it is how we view others. And a lot of times we're viewing others through the lens of what they may do, what they may not do, um, their, uh, their weaknesses, their strengths, whatever. But how can we honor them just as a image bearer as a person as an yes. image bearer as someone that god has created that god loves regardless yeah 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 chris what about you know you hear the word honor yeah to honor someone yeah i mean i think that's really good it, yeah it's just to it's to affirm the good and beautiful things that we see in them mm-hmm. you know well aware that there's like depravity as well but to honor um yeah, it, it's a verb, it's an action, like it's a form of love that, um, you know, almost has, has us kneeling for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. Like in teaching team yesterday, it got said that, you know, it's almost like a race to the back of the line, hmm. you know, like whatever that is, mm-hmm. um, I think kind of captures it pretty well. What keeps us, like what keeps us from showing honor to, to others? I think a big part of it is just our own insecurity, because if we're showing honor to others, then there's the question of, is there only so much honor to go around? Where's mm-hmm. my honor? Mm-hmm. Maybe I won't look as good if I'm honoring someone else. You know, we work with a scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big part of it. Hmm. There's almost so much, there's only so many pieces of the pie. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. That's, that's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Yeah. But, I, but I get it and I feel it, right? Like I, yeah. I feel that myself. Like Yeah. Yeah. Like if someone else is elevated in position or vocation or um status or income or like whatever, then it's like, okay, it makes my my pile or my role or my title look smaller. Mm. And we struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah I think it, uh, along with that, like with the insecurity, I think uh, it's a pride issue too, um, often many times. Um, I think it takes a lot of humility to honor others. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right, before we jump into what, what does it look like for us within the, within the context of the church to show honor to one another? Because that's what we're doing in the series, right? We're talking about what does it look like mm-hmm. for us as a church, um, you know, to be the spiritual family of God. Well, um, how would we, you know, shame and honor, they, they relate to one another. Um, we live in a culture where guilt Right and liberty, maybe like those are the two: or mm-hmm. guilt and freedom, or guilt and mm-hmm. innocence. Right, we live in that legal. Um, we kind of talked mm-hmm. about this a couple weeks ago. We love that metaphor, and uh, we we feel that. Um, what's the relationship between shame and guilt? Jay, you want to take the first crack? <laughs> yeah, I'll take the first crack. Hard question. I mean, I think <laughs> the relationship between shame and guilt. It immediate, your question immediately makes me go back to Genesis mm-hmm. in uh, the garden when Adam and Eve disobeyed, right? Um, all of a sudden, you know, sin mm-hmm. and brokenness enter in, and with that comes mm-hmm. shame. Yeah. So what do they do? They hide. Um, and ultimately, uh, God confronts them in the garden and and they ultimately had had to admit their guilt and their disobedience. Mm-hmm. So I think, I don't know if that answers your question, yeah. but that's the first thing my mind goes to when uh, you ask the question about the relationship between shame yeah, and like guilt. Yeah, like guilt is the thing where like you're, you're wrong and like shame is the thing that you, you feel when you're aware of it maybe. I don't, yeah. or maybe even not aware of it. Put it. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, shame is a it's an ongoing feeling and emotion that is happening after the the point of guilt. Yeah, you know, almost like this smudge you can't erase. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I think about Christ, right? What he has done, right? He, you know, sinless life went to the cross. You know, was guilty of nothing. Yeah. Um, but you know, the scriptures talk about how he he took on our shame, right? And so, like, you know, he experienced shame to some, to yeah. some, you know to some extent, yet doing nothing to deserve the shame. So maybe there's something there. When I've um, done some work in Czech Republic in Prague, where we've uh, worked with students teaching English, taking high schoolers over, it's an awesome trip. And one of the things that um, our missionary over there, Josh Credo, has kind of done with our team to prepare us is talking a little bit about some of the differences culturally. And um, the example he always throws is that, like, students in the schools, uh, will copy off of one another, and they won't care. Like they will openly, openly cheat. Good uh, on like their tests, on their homework, um, and they're they're seen that nothing is wrong with that. And the reason is is because it's not about um, it, it's all about avoiding shame, right? Like the greatest sin, the greatest uh, wrongdoing mm-hmm. you could you could have is to experience the shame of not having your homework done, experiencing the shame of not having the the answer. So it doesn't matter how you get to the answer. It's the, it's the shame that you're trying to avoid. And I don't hmm. know. I think that was just an it's just an interesting thing for our students because that's completely like in our. I mean, granted, I've worked with a lot of students, and some of them have had no shame of copying or cheating on homework either. But like, <laughs> it's a different. Like the yeah. the motivation is different. Um, yeah. So anyway, 
throw that tidbit out there. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's dive in. So Romans 12, I think, is what we covered yeah. um, this weekend. Um, so this passage, it starts, you know, kind of that famous, like, you know, Paul talking to the Romans about what worship looks like. Um, so, Jay, you want to you wanna read a little bit about that? And then let's just, uh, yeah, pick some of that apart and what stands out to you guys. You want me to start in verse 1? Yeah, just go with verse right. 1. I'll do 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Hmm. So often, right, these verses are used to talk um, about, you know, giving us a new vision for what worship is, right? It goes kind of beyond uh, what happens, you know, in a congregational setting. It goes beyond what happens when we, when we sing. Um, but I also, I don't know, it, does it, is it helpful to frame a conversation of what it looks like for us? Because this is where I want to go now is, is what does it look like for us as the church, right, to honor one another well? Um, so, Jay, why, why this passage? Um, why did you connect this passage to this idea of us honoring and showing honor to each other. Yeah, I think ultimately why I chose this passage and why I chose really the whole chapter is because I think verses one and two set the tone for how we love one another well and honor one another mm-hmm. well. Um, you know, he says, therefore, brothers, some translations will say, in view of God's mercy. Um, and I think that phrase especially for me in my life, in view of God's mercy, uh, I see what God has done in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I recognize the uh, broken sinner that I am, and in view of God's mercy and grace and love towards me, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that really spurs me on to uh, love others well and honor others well. Now, that doesn't always happen, but I think... Um, I think it sets the tone because I think if we're honoring God, um, mm-hmm. we honor God by you know, honoring mm-hmm. others. Well, what you guys were kind of talking about, right? Like culturally, we think that there's only so much honor to go around. And yet what Paul is doing here is, is presenting a radically different um, mindset for the church, right? To, he actually describes it as, you know, renewing your mind, right? And that leads to transformation um, that's not conformed to the pattern of this world. And so I, I do think that's a great place for us to start because what what we're called to do in the church is definitionally different um, than what the what is going on in the world around us. And like we, you know, we live in cancel culture, we live you spend any time on Twitter whatsoever. Um, like it's not I a, avoid that wasteland. It's not a fun <laughs> place. Yeah, it's not a fun you know, our, our natural inclination is not to ascribe honor to others. Yes. And so um, that's great. Chris, where, where does this take you? I think, I mean, man, is it just as simple as love God, love people. If we honor God, honor people. Yeah. Man, I know that just seems overly yeah, 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 simplistic, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. Um, seems like it's the way forward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's continue. All right, I'll go three through seven here. For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. 
having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If, pro- if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches and is teaching, the one who exhorts and is exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Paul's continuing here talking about um, different functions within the body of Christ. Um, made the body of Christ, the church, is made up of different people. Um, different people have different gifts. And uh, maybe in this context there was some competition going on, right? Different gifts mm-hmm. uh, elevated above others. I know, Chris, I think you, you hit 1 Corinthians a bit um, where, mm-hmm. where, again, it's, it's Paul talking to a church that has different uh levels, different, um, yeah, different uh, amounts of honor are placed on different gifts and different acts within the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do, how, do, how does this impact us? Like, how do we... I think we have to be just learners and students of how can we honor people that don't have similar gifts to us? Because mm-hmm. I think it is naturally in some ways a lot easier to honor people people who have similar gifts to us. Maybe they're like, okay, they have a similar gift to me, but are even better than me at this thing. Like, yeah. oh, I'll, I'll give honor to that. I think it's harder to cross the bridge to like, oh, their gifting looks very different than mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I don't even appreciate that kind of gift or I haven't even thought about practicing that gift myself, but um, going to give honor to it. Yeah. So I, I do think it is seeing it kind of is the body illustration of you need an eye, you need a hand, you need a foot. Like, you need all of these things for the body, mm-hmm. and can you honor the parts of the body that aren't similar to yours? Mm-hmm. I think that's key. Well, so in church world, right, like yeah. uh, we see different divisions at different points, right? Like what we're talking about here is, at least in this series, is our church, right? Yeah. How do we love one another? How do we do these one another things well in our local expression of what our church is. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, one of the places I think I've seen Christians, myself included, um, just do this really poorly is when it comes to other churches and yeah. our relationship <laughs> with our church yeah. and other churches that maybe have different theological pers- uh, persuasions, different yeah. traditions. Um, so I guess like what what is Paul calling us to as the, as the larger, like the big C church? Um, so that's my first question. Then my second question is, even within our local context, um, we see, um, you know, Paul, what's in, what's in scope here are spiritual gifts and, um, you know, functions within a church. But, like, now our context, different opinions, different preferences, uh, different generations. Um, yeah, so let's I'll riff on those two things a little bit. Um, here, so like larger oh, church, and this then local. Be an hour. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, we only got a few more minutes, but <laughs> no, I think, man, if we could honor one another as churches, yeah, like if we yeah. could do that well, yeah, I mean, can you imagine oh the impact on oh, our goodness. our community? Like yeah. we're not we're not in this for competition. We are not yeah. your competitor, um, yeah. but we want to come alongside you, help you. What can we partner with um, together for the sake of the gospel and the mission? I mean, that would be, you talk about um, transformation and change. Yeah. That would be special. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do think there are different traditions, denominations, flavors of church that have things to offer that others don't. Yeah. And so I think, like, when you look at that, like, 
a lot of different churches have different strengths, and that's good, yeah. right? Like I heard Tim Keller interviewed one time. He's like, if you want a city to be reached, like you need the 20,000 person church and you need the 75 person church. Yeah. And without one or the other, like the, the whole of the city will not be reached. Like you yeah. need a variety and a diversity. And um, in our context of St. Charles campus, like probably don't need more churches, probably just need better churches. Better churches. Mm-hmm. Our church included, right? Yes. Like, yeah, our church included. Yeah. And so like, I think part of the, how do we get better is like, okay, the churches that are here, like how do we love, partner, mm-hmm. cherish, celebrate well. Yeah. And I do think there's something, I mean, we talked about that kind of competition mindset earlier, Yes, you know, in terms of honoring, but like, man, churches do that. Oh, absolutely. Like, like we're some of the worst at competing with one another. Yeah. Well, we've, we've adopted the, the cultural value of competition at all costs. And, um, you know, church, unlike sports or whatever, it's, it's not a meritocracy which is really hard for us to unlearn because it's in the air we breathe everywhere else. Yeah. 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 All right. What about, you know, localize it a bit, right? Uh, Preference, opinions, uh, political persuasions, generational differences. Like there's a lot of stuff, right? We have to overcome. Like how do we, (laughs) how do we honor one another in, in that context? Silence. Yes. It's easier. I think. I think it starts with humility. I mean, I think a lot of, you know, when we talk about preference and the, um, you know, it could be anything. I like the pastor's teaching. I don't like the pastor's teaching. I love the worship. I don't like the worship. they, they have great small groups. There's no small groups here. Well, whatever it is. Um, but I think, like, in light of this passage and then, you know, what Chris had talked about this weekend as well, um, I think that's the beauty of the church. Everybody brings something to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of, you know... I don't know, instead of having preferences and, and what we like, I mean, if we would come at it at the mindset, what can I contribute? Because um, if you put your faith in Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit dwells within you, then, I mean, we all have gifts. We all have something different to bring to the table. Um, so the church that, you know, you're going to, um, they might, they need yeah. the gift that you bring yeah. to the table. Um, so I think it starts with, it's got to start with, humility um and grace for others yeah yeah just to piggyback off that like um you could be wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> which which is really hard i mean we all for, need to leave space right. for ourselves for that possibility yes. right yes. like yes. probability <laughs> yeah uh-huh yeah. like if i think about the ways theologically politically and socially i thought 10 years ago yeah. to how i think now yeah. oh my goodness yeah. like there's quite a few things that are quite different. Yeah. And so um, I think that's a big part of humility. But also I think it all boils down to this question. It's our hope that the church would be shaped into the image and likeness of Jesus mm-hmm. or that it's shaped into the image and likeness of us. Mm. So I, question. I, th- I, think it, uh, I think it all boils down to that because if you want the church to be shaped into your image, 
you will not relent until you find everything that looks and acts and smells and tastes like you. Yeah. And in that, you've lost the whole point. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, time, you know, we have, we don't really have much time left to <laughs> uh, dive into anything else, but I, I think we'll, you know, just leave, leave it with that thought, right? Like, who, who do we want the church to look like? Who does the church need to look like? If we can answer, you know, faithfully that Jesus is the answer to that, then we're, that probably takes us a long way into honoring and showing honor one another well yeah absolutely cool well thank you guys thanks for joining uh this week thanks for teaching this weekend um just as a reminder you can find uh this podcast uh anywhere that you listen to podcasts um the video will continue to be on youtube as well you can find uh this resource and more on our website calvary.church slash it runs in the family there's some book recommendations and some other video conversations we're going to be doing throughout this series and uh, we will catch you again next week Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.